Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander. That's Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And the boys are back with the 23-24 NBA season. The good people at thelines.com saw fit to bring us back here for the season. So we're kicking things off with a two-game slate to open up the season uh, with two very good matchups that we'll get into here with the Suns and the, the Golden State Warriors, as well as the Lakers and the defending champions, the Denver Nuggets. Definitely want to make sure you are liked and subscribed to that page. We're going to be bringing you these videos each and every weekday this season. Also head to thelines.com. Check out all the content we're putting up, NBA and otherwise right now with a full slate of sports every night, it feels like. Uh, we also have the odds finder tool up there. You can make sure that you're getting the best lines and all odds available to you from these books, giving us bets this basketball season. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into what we've got here for best bets. Do want to make clear, we've also got the player props video separate from this that we'll be bringing you guys as well. So a couple videos each day that you want to make sure you check out. But we're going to jump into best bets here, Nate. Yeah, it's an exciting season for sure. And I think we're both leaning for, for game theory towards the second game. Suns and Warriors um, rather than the Nuggets and Lakers. But we, we yeah. do have plenty of player props on them. Yeah, so tune in for that one. But, I mean, like the public, we're looking at points in this game. And there was kind of a mispriced uh, number here where DK had both teams to score. And it was like even money for them to both score 112, even though both their team totals were like 117. So I had, I was able to hit that earlier today, but now it is adjusted. It's minus 145 for that. Oh, wow. um, I'm going to make the official bet 112 and a half for both teams to score at least that. <clears throat> Josh says, you know, he'd play it up to 115 and get some plus money. I, I don't hate that. I mean, the Suns, after acquiring KD, averaged 116 last year. They averaged 125 their last four against Golden State, and that's not with a lot of firepower in the lineup some of the time. That's just... A, a, a random blip basically, but we are looking at a, a, what could be a historically good offense, right? I mean, it's the preseason. Sure. But Devin Booker put a, put up a 146 rating Durant, 144 Beal, 132 Nurkic fitting in well with them. 133 offensive rating with him on the floor. They had 35 plus points in six of their 14 quarters in the preseason. And the Warriors offense will clap back at home. They averaged 120 last season. Averaged plenty on the road, too, but that was when they gave up a lot. I think the Dubs made some moves that are going to trade less, that are going to give them more offense, right? I mean, Dario Saric in the rotation, Jonathan Kaminga coming out party, maybe CP3 running some pick and rolls with him in the second unit. CP3 just being on that second unit is going to elevate your efficiency for sure. I don't think he can defend that well at this stage in his career. Draymond being that 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 neutralizing defender, but like who is he guarding on the Suns team? Like it's all perimeter players. I, I do think Wiggins can match up on Durant a little bit, but I mean Book, Beal, you, you pick your poison. They're, they should be able to score. And and most importantly, the pace should be up because the Warriors played at a one on one pace at home. Uh, the Suns are more than happy to run. I mean, they they've played playing at a one oh two pace the last four against the Warriors, and now they have the ability to run more with these guys. Uh, so I'm just expecting points that the total continues to be inflating because of the way people are also expecting points. But I think you can kind of get some extra value by taking both these teams to be in it, you know, rather than taking the over and saying one team's going to get 120, 110. I think, I think it will be close and both teams will be trading blows. 
Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I, I don't the, the the one thing, the only thing that I turn to to tell me that maybe there won't be as many points as we all think is Frank Vogel. But even then, I'm like, who who is Frank Vogel working with down low? I, I think he's a smart enough coach to know that although he's typically been a, a have a big guy down low, really protect the rim and outsize the other team. That's been his MO for, for well, based on the rosters he's had, in, especially in Indiana and in, in Los Angeles when they won the chip. This is a, a different squad. They got rid of dominating. I say with hyper, you know, with air quotes because because I'm not sure four foot jumpers count uh, jump hooks count as as dominating. But he he's not even there. So right now we're we're dealing with a clear a situation where we're clearly just selling out to score more than the other team, which I have no problem with. To be honest with you, uh, we'll see how that works in a 16 in what we call the 16 game season of the playoffs. But for now, that's going to be just fine with the amount of depth and, and amount of wings, versatile players that they have to be able to play that way. So I, I think if you're any intelligent coach, you have to lean into the strengths of your team, regardless of how you might have played in the past. And I think that everything you said is going to trump this. Yeah, I would take it up to 114 and a half uh, in this game. And, and to be honest, I'll just segue into the, the over in this game, which will be my, my first pick. I have another one as well that I'll, I'll make here second, though. But because it, it sort of plays so well off of what you were saying, I think it just makes sense to go over the 234 and a half. It's you've definitely lost some value. I think it was about 231 and a half at, at points in time in the last I'm talking about like over the summer as well when this this these lines even opened for sickos that have been looking at it for months just waiting for the NBA like ourselves. 234 and a half though is still great. I think uh you look at the way that the, the Dubs played last season, not only with this situation first three games of the year where they played super fast also Wiggins being in, 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 in tow now and actually on the, the team for the majority of the season, as opposed to last year where he missed more than half of the regular season games. He, they play faster with him for a, a good reason. They, he's a, the most versatile defender uh, and capable defense to offense type of player that they have. Take a defensive rebound, push it all the way down the court. He's the, the biggest player with the most athleticism left to do that. Draymond's not the same guy that used to do those things. So there's a reason they played at a 102 pace with Wiggs and just a 99 pace without him. Look at who was in the game more when, when he's not there. You need Looney in there more often without Wiggs for, for rebounding against power forwards. And that's gonna, not going to be the, as big of a problem anymore. So he's going to be in there and able to keep the, thing, the, the pace moving. The first three games for the Dubs last season, they allowed 120 points per game. That includes the season opener where they, they whooped up on the Lakers and won 123 to 108. And they still gave up 120 points per game because in the next two versus Denver, they gave up 128 and 125 versus SAC. And all those games are at home, by the way. Because So I know we talk about them being better on defense at home, but they played at 110 pace in those first three games, which is kind of apropos of, of an early season game where everyone's just sort of going up and down the court, a little bit of going through the motions on defense, not sure anybody's slapping the floor and really getting into the defensive stance quite as vigorously uh, coming back from Cabo not that long ago. So I, I do think there's something to the idea that these early games go longer. Shooting is shooting. If, if you're open in the NBA, you can come off a boat and start shooting. It doesn't matter. Uh, and, and I think that, that that'll continue here with the Suns being a team that I think we're going to continue to see sell out in that direction and just keep getting the points and the pace up, which, by the way, they played with a, a pretty fast pace, about 98, 99 pace when KD was in there in the playoffs uh, and uh, a little bit before that. So, yeah, I mean, and these are some of the most natural shooters you will find in terms of not worrying about the rust here with, with KD or Curry or Booker 
yeah, the the Warriors game log, not only in the in how they started last season, but in how they've opened seasons for the last like seven years now. They've actually dropped four of these openers, um, three of them at home, and gave up 129, 122, and 141 in those losses. So, so a little bit of a lapse. Sometimes those were ring nights. Right now we're not in that situation, yeah. but it is the Warriors, yeah, feeling themselves and, and coming out and having fun and not necessarily playing that much defense. I think they will be up up for this challenge because of the Suns' big three and all the the fanfare that comes with it and say like we got to try to stop them but I, I don't think you can I don't think <laughs> I don't think anybody will really be able to match up with them and, and hold them consistently below that number. Well, let's look at some players here with the same game parlay and you got to stay kind of conservative with these um I mean maybe that's the NFL better of me talking because constantly getting hooked into like oh of course Christian McCaffrey's going to score a touchdown. Uh, but I'm going to go conservative-ish here. Steph, 25 points. Book, 25 points. And KD, 20 points and six rebounds. Not even 25 for KD because I think, I mean, in his career, in, in recent meetings, Wiggins has done a pretty good job of holding him down. But I think, I, I mean, of course, Kevin Durant, his prop, 26 and a half points. He's probably going over that. Probably going to have a lot to prove. This is like his first real appearance against Golden State. Since leaving there, I mean, he has a couple with the Nets that were just utter blowouts because Harden and Kate, Kyrie were, were balling and it just wasn't necessary. But I think KD very much coming into the season motivated. Um, I mean, played really well with the Suns, of course, in the postseason, averaged 29 points per game and nearly nine rebounds per game. So that's why you feel pretty safe about that. He has to play more power forward, has to ball, board up in a game that's going to be fast paced. Golden State allowed over 10.5 rebounds to power forwards last season. Um, and, and I mean, if you're worried about these other two guys scoring, I I, I don't know. I mean, Steph <laughs> averages 29 a game his last six against Phoenix. And I think there's a bit of a factor that Chris Paul, even when he wasn't guarding him, Chris Paul being the kind of basketball mastermind he is, that it, when he was able to hold Steph down, the Suns were, I, I think it's a lot of CP3 in there um in, in the game planning essentially and now cp3 is going to be feeding him the ball sometimes helping him get open with that basketball mind etc and, and and that book who you know you like for mvp at, at this point maybe the most unstoppable offensive player in the conversation at least and he's averaged nearly 30 against golden state despite only shooting 30 percent from deep in his last four against them uh i i think he should have no problem getting this. Him and Clay Thompson have some some beef, I think, from last season. So I expect him to go right at Clay if that's the matchup. Yeah, I mean, it might have to be the matchup. It's it, there's definitely some there's a scarcity of defenders that can guard, and this is going to happen a lot. But once you put your two best defenders on Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, you got Bradley Beal left to deal with. Hopefully you have a defender of the similar elk to, to guard him, but either way, like if Wiggs is on, on KD, um, that, that does leave clay. The only, uh, you know, alternative here is you do see a little bit more Jonathan Kaminga rather than Kevon Looney so that you can get him in there to help out with those three guys. But I, I'm not really sure that Draymond's a good matchup for any of them. Anyway, at this point, KD would absolutely cook him. And that's the only, that's the probably slowest of the, three people we're talking about here for the sun. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. It's probably going to have to be clay to, to the point that you're making. And I think that's, that's just going to be a, a pretty solid matchup in favor of Devin Booker in this one. I'm going dun, 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 sun's money line 
I am taking a winner in this game. And I, I mean, first of all, minus 102 is a, is a good enough price for me to take the Suns to win a basketball game. I'm not sure how often you'll see that when you know that all three guys are suiting up for them, even wherever this game is. Like outside of Denver and I guess maybe Golden State, we'll see how much uh, respect that they get throughout the rest of the regular season. Maybe if LA looks good during the regular season, I still think Suns are probably favored by a couple points on the road against the Lakers. So the fact that I'm getting that minus 102 on FanDuel versus the like minus 112 or minus 115 that you would get for the money line for the dubs, that's a good price for me in, a, in what is essentially a coin flip, but does still seem to have a feel of like Phoenix has a little bit more to play for. KD has a little bit more of a chip rather than anybody else in Golden State having won against KD, right? Like no one really hates KD in Golden State. He came, he won two chips. If anything, people are mad that like he's he's tainted Steph's uh, reputation as one of the best of all time because he got two of them with KD. Neither here nor there. I, I think they've also had, not I think, I know that they've had the edge against the Dubs in, in, in the last bunch of matchups dating back to last season, even in the one where they just played a bunch of scrubs and Mikhail Bridges and still beat the uh, the dubs in that game, uh, and then the dubs didn't play a couple guys. It, it was it was a weird series, but there were still a handful of games, two of them specifically, where everybody's playing um, no KD yet, but everybody's playing for Phoenix, and it's still a favorable favorable matchup for them, especially because of what we were just talking about. There's nobody for Devin Booker, who to, to your point, whether he was making threes or not, has gone off to really carry the offense for the Suns and everybody else just sort of fills in around him. And now the people filling in around him are not Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. It's Brad Beal and Kevin Durant. Um, I, I think they averaged a hundred. Once again, I know they averaged 125 points per game versus golden state last season. I, I expect that to continue. I, I understand. Like, I, I don't think Kevon Looney is going to be long for this game. If Vogel knows really kind of what's good for him, because Kevon and Draymond will be the best two rebounders on the floor. If the Suns, Regardless, honestly, uh, of who the Suns put on the floor at this point, I think you need to run him off the floor. And that's what they'll try to do. Uh, I mean, the, the the Dubs, like you said, they had 110 defensive rating at home, which is much better than their awful defensive rating on the road. That was up around like 118. It, it's still, even at that, that 110 defensive rating, I see this pace up above 100, up around 102. And I think that's going to, in, in the end, favor Phoenix, who's going to have a couple more guys that can put the ball in the basket at the end of the game over the, uh, over the Dubs, essentially. I like this take from somebody who knows the Warriors well. It's it's some big balls to to pick against them in a home opener. But I I mean I read you guys the game log. They've they've not been that good in season openers. And in fact, their last two wins have come against the Lakers team that had really clunky roster construction. Right, there was the Russ Westbrook mistake last year. The year before, it, they started DeAndre Jordan and Kent Bazemore uh, along <laughs> with with AD and LeBron. So it's not necessarily like. The one narrative for the for the Warriors is okay. Jordan Poole's gone. They got rid of that bad blood now. But like, it could be an awkward fit for them getting Chris Paul integrated, right? And it's like, who's running this offense? And like, what's the situation? They're really old. Um, the extra rest will help them in that situation. But I think the Suns, you know, the, the role players especially being yeah. called like something Nazi or little and and whatever, just being like that. No. There's no there's no depth beyond this big three. I, I could see a scenario where the Suns get rolling here and, and show everybody who they're at. I'm, I'm willing to buy into regular season success for this team uh, at 52 wins, at, at being the number one seed in the West. I, I think it's possible, and we'll see what they look like in their opener. We are kind of known for these, Nate, so let's try to kick things off well here. <laughs> Obviously, it's inevitable we're going to get hot at some point in the season. We're, we're throwing out some feelers. I would also be very clear. It's the, a lot of change in the NBA this offseason. So we're going to sprinkle some here and there and figure out how we're feeling with, with these props moving forward, right? 
Yeah, I mean, your your biggest research is like coach speak and and and, and projected minutes, and et cetera, which is why I feel pretty good about Austin Reeves uh, getting 15 and a half points. I, I initially had the assists in there as well, but I think the points are a little more secure uh, given that we don't know the roles necessarily for the Lakers handling the ball. How much is LeBron going to take on the point guard role? How much is D'Angelo Russell going to actually play after just getting run off the floor in this playoff series against Denver last year where he was just awful and Austin Reeves stepped right in and said, thank you very much. I will play well enough to earn myself this nice four-year deal. They brought him back early on bird rights, so they very much like Austin Reeves. He's going to be a big part of this team going forward. Played with Team USA this summer, so less rust, I guess you'd say, for a young guy. Definitely not going to be that tired. Just, Just, you know, the Team USA boost. Um, learning from from more experienced vets and, and playing well, and in his one preseason game, he dropped 14 in 24 minutes. And, and I mean, we knew what we know what he did once he got steady run in the middle of last year. Post All Star break, averaged 17 and a half points and five and a half assists. Um, you know, per 36 on the year, six, over 16 points. So that's where we're at for this prop. You can get it at 14 and a half, an expensive 14 and a half if you like. Or you can tack on the assists at 19 and a half, and then you get a better price here. He did average 21 points and over five assists in the playoffs against Denver. So they're they're kind of a team that's that's been better against traditional point guards, forced you to facilitate from the wing. Uh, and Reeves was able to do that. He's got he's got a very well-rounded offensive game, and I trust him to get buckets here in the season debut. Yeah, I think this is a fair line. Uh, to, to quote our friend Mo over at thelines.com. But I, I still think that in, in the opening game of the season, I think it's going to be very clear from the jump that, like, he's the third banana, right? Like, it, that's it. And and to be honest, LeBron in his age and, and what we've seen when LeBron is on the floor with Austin Reeves, he's a facilitator. Uh, he averaged the the more assists than I care to admit in that uh, conference finals last last year because I was trying to bet his unders as it kept creeping up for the assist, but it did not go under. It kept going over because of, of that, a huge part of, because of that factor. I think by that point in time, you've got the young Austin Reeves who's still not tired and just super happy to be here in these Western conference finals uh, playing really well. And I, I think he's definitely going to be the, the third banana, like I said. So after Le- like if LeBron, he's going to be in the low twenties this year. Like I think it's going to be a lot more of a stretch to assume LeBron's going to just put up 20 points per game. You're going to see some opportunity probably for some assists for him, which is still kind of high in this game. And the beneficiary, the beneficiary of that will be Austin Reeves uh, in a lot of situations, as well as Gabe Vincent, by the way. But Jamal Murray, I got to start with an under, and I got to give compliments to, uh, to Nate over here for finding this one and really uh, sending me down a little bit of a hole to find a couple more things that we both liked about this bet. Jamal Murray under, six and a half assists. The kid's coming out with an under to kick things off. I think we both love the game script of a ton of points in the other game. This one might see a bit more defense. Uh, it's very reasonable to believe that in Denver, with the way that both these teams are going to be coming in, the age on on the side of the Lakers and whatever partying that Jokic and company were doing over the offseason that they're coming off of, some rust is, is to be had. The six and a half assists is a lot for him. Uh, the Lakers were in the top 10 in limiting uh, point guards in assists last year before they lost, or they yeah, they, they sort of did, lost Russ, which was an addition by subtraction to the defense overall, who in his heyday, you know, when he's slapping the floor and playing hard D Russ can guard, could have guard most point guards that have ever played in the NBA with his athleticism and quick feet. 
it's not really something that he's uh, relied upon very highly over the last like roughly five, six years of his career. Uh, and so, you know, that that's just another indication of, of what we got. Once you put guys like obviously Schrader missing him will be a bit of a, a pain in the butt, but don't sleep on Gabe Vincent's D. He was a really solid uh, top of the, the D sort of attacking point guard on defense for the, the heat last year. Uh, and I think they'll still be able to, to keep guys in check. Jamal has failed to hit this number in seven straight games versus the Lakers in the regular season. For those who are thinking, don't you remember Jamal scoring 10 assists per game, basically, and, and, and hitting a bunch of crazy bets that were available on DraftKings for people who took it? Uh, for him to lead the series in assists was another crazy bet for a lot of people that they, they cashed. Yeah, I think that's inflating the number. I, I think that's the reason that once we get back into the regular season where you don't you go from 38 to 42 minutes a game down to 32 minutes a game max, you know, I, I, I just don't think it's as likely that you get that seven assists. I think it's a really great number. He, he averaged to, to, to take the under with. Uh, he averaged 6.2 games per la, uh, last season and failed to go over this number more than he uh, went under it, right? So he, he's definitely in a, a ripe situation for uh, for this to just be too many assists, man. I think he's going to be relied upon to score uh, just as much as he was last year, if not maybe even a little bit more, uh, in which case, you know, the, the assist numbers will go down. Yeah, I, I like taking this because he's not the primary facilitator on his team. And at, at times, Aaron Gordon has even become more involved as a facilitator for the Nuggets as they run that unconventional offense. And, uh, you know, this is almost like game five for the Lakers, right? I mean, the familiarity you talk about uh, when <clears throat> when you played your last four against this very team and Jamal Murray was able to cook you uh, as a facilitator, I think they will be able to look at some of that film going into this one and, and try to take some of those things away. Whereas the Nuggets are in a different situation for sure, um, coming off a championship and and riding high, uh, but that is I think why there's more reason to think there will be defense. There will be you know leaning on that familiarity and and, the, and good personnel and Gabe Vincent, like you mentioned, to to try to take that away. But I am taking an over here once again with the Lakers, and for me, yeah, I mean Anthony Davis. I'll just throw it out there: twenty four and a half points is is nearly even money. Anthony Davis on extra, extra rest. Got to love that. And then for him to hit 1-3, minus 113 FanDuel. Uh, after Darvin Ham said, I want him taking six threes per game. And he went three for six from deep in the preseason. So I, I, I think that's a fair, you know, wagered. I mean, sprinkle it on if, if it's a little kooky. If it's a little much like the, the first basket bet and you don't want to mess with that, then just take him to get 25 points. Because like I said, AD on extra rest is usually dangerous uh, in the season, in his last seven season openers, he's averaged 31 and a half points per game and his usage rate <clears throat> went up. The more rest he got last season, <clears throat> it was even 30% on just one day off. Uh, but I, I, I think these two bets are tied to me because of what you said about LeBron is that, you know, he is now in year 20. He has said, I'm not, you know, going to take the, anything personally with the Nuggets. Like, I'm self-motivated. He's not going to – that that indicates he's not going to come out trying to get 35-point triple-doubles anymore. He's going to try to be the leader of this team, the facilitator, um, and, and prop up guys like AD and AR, who he is very, you know, fond of talking up in the media. And and they need AD to be that guy who, who's just an unstoppable scorer that he was more, you know, four or five years ago with New Orleans. It's – and I think losing the outside shot uh, when you only shot 25% from deep last season has been a big part of that, why he's no longer as unstoppable. Guys don't have to chase him out there. I think that's why Darvin Ham is talking this up. So 
One three, certainly possible. He's, he did start the playoff series against Denver going 40 points, 10 rebounds, and going one for one from three. He only attempted 1.3 last season, but if, if Ham is if you even meet in the middle and he's going to take three and he's going to shoot 33%, I think he will hit one here. Um, and in that series, he wound up averaging 27 points per game. On a, on a 26% usage, which is not that lofty, I think he could see more usage here because the other thing is you've got to go at Jokic, right? I mean, your best defense against Jokic is to tire him out, maybe get him in foul trouble and and make him pay for just not being as physical as AD. So I I think he'll come out aggressive in this season opener. and We'll see the aggressive version of AD that sometimes disappears in the very next game. Well, and to, to help substantiate your point, the aggression that you see from AD is still going to be some form of, in and out it's still gonna it's not gonna just be bang his body into Jokic's body you that's not how you tire him out he could take AD's frame running into his chest all day I I mean AD's got massive shoulders too I get it it's not something that like he he can just stop it's not like he can stop AD anyway to be honest when he's rolling to the rim but a part of the advantage that AD has over Joker is quickness and length to to finish around the rim from further away so I, I do think that there's reason to bring him out there and if he's open he's going to shoot the ball and I, I do agree that meeting in the middle seems very reasonable for ad to take three threes in this game i think it's reasonable to assume him to take four and once you get to four and you've got you know minus 113 for him to just hit one of those uh yeah he's better than a 25 percent three-point shooter uh to, to everyone's understanding so let's close it out with an over as opposed to my curmudgeonly under for jamal i'm going to take an over for the point guard for this the dubs in their game his name is Steph Curry. You've probably heard of him. He's the best three-point shooter of all time. And you can still get him to hit five threes in this game. Another Nate special. I'm going to be totally transparent with the people here. Nate came in firing, and my guy was right as for this one as well, I think. And another little feeler bet in a way. like I shouldn't call it a feeler bet. We, we all know Steph Curry's capable of hitting five threes, whether, whether he's here on the Warriors or on Mars playing for a different team. It doesn't matter. He'll still be capable of five threes in any time he steps on the floor. This is just a good bet at nearly even money. I, I think we're still getting some value from the idea that um, it's early in the season. People don't remember how many threes people make in games. And to be to be fair as well, in, in there's in, against the Lakers especially, he's hit this uh, half the time last season. So he, he did miss this number. I mean, four is definitely a number that you will always take advantage of Curry with, but five is right around the edge. He averaged five last season, roughly 4.97. So, you know, basically five last season. Um, and when he's put, taken on the Suns in the last six versus them, 29 a game, 45% uh, and for, 46% rather from deep, which is actually better than what he's shooting uh, from two in those games as well. 5.2 made three. So getting over that number and that's on 11 attempts. It does come down to the attempts uh, for him in the games that he missed this against the Suns. It was because he, he did not have eight attempts from deep in the games that he did. He had at least eight, eight attempts or nine rather, excuse me, from deep to hit the, the five and, and each time and the six in the other one. So uh, I, I think this is a very, not only is he going to get the attempts because he's Steph Curry and I'm starting to fade clay a bit. I know that what didn't work well for me at times in the playoffs still think over the course of regular season, he's not going to lead the league in threes anymore. Let's put it that way. But more importantly, like, like what you've been talking about, Chris Paul is going to feed him. I'm not worried about the fit with Chris Paul playing basketball with anybody on the entire planet. I think Chris Paul makes everybody around him better whether they're a shooter or a slasher or a big man, it doesn't matter what your, your thing is on the court. CP3 will amplify it and make it better, which means we just made the best three-point shooter of all time better at shooting threes. So I think that's only going to add to, you know, by the way, Draymond's out 
for that game against the Suns. That that officially came out uh, roughly two hours before we're recording this. So it's a little bit different. Shakes things up still in a good way. I still think it just means more offense. I think it means more shots for, for Steph. I think any fear that you had that Steph isn't as good without Draymond because of the way that he facilitates him is, first of all, it's blasphemous and silly. Second of all, like Chris Paul is that facilitator. Um, and I think it just means we just saw Paul, Chris Paul's minutes go from 25 to 32 because he's going to be in there in crunch time like he already was. And then he might be called upon to, to play a few more minutes to open the season, you know, coming off obviously a ton of rest in the offseason. And that means we're going to see shooting guard Steph when, when CP3 is out there, right? Yeah, I mean, not tasked with running the offense, essentially. Just, like, yeah, run off the screen and fire. Um, you know how those, those like, small dogs are proportionally last longer and, and are still spry, like, 10, to, 10 and 11 years, whereas old dogs are just dead? Steph yeah. Curry is a guy I have no concerns about at, in his age, I think, 33 season right now. Uh, just continuing to be absolutely lethal, just find his shot, just be better, just just an absolute master craftsman. Um, and the fact that he's struggled a little bit in season openers, shooting the ball does not really give me that much concern because I think he'll rise to the occasion. The only reason we're not hammering the Suns' money line is because Steph can rise to match that that output yeah. uh, from Phoenix. But yeah, with Draymond out, yeah, got like the Suns and got like some of those overs we talk about in best bets. God, I love that Phoenix money line bet I gave out that I didn't even know Draymond was injured yeah. when we recorded that one and, and found out for this one. So uh, it doesn't really change much. Like I said, it's, I, I love my Phoenix money line bet. I think it's probably going to drop in price uh, as that, that news continues to trickle out for everyone. So that is all the time we have for you in this one, though. Continue to follow along. We're coming back to you guys with some best bets and this player props video each and every weekday of this regular season. So until we talk to you next, happy betting. Step up, step up.